0: Psalm 148 and Luke chapter 19. If you'll turn there tonight. Again, thank you, Good Shepherd, uh, for everything. Hasn't it been a blessing? The fellowship has been good. The singing's been good. Uh, I've been ministered to. It's been a real blessing to have my wife and my son Micah here as well. And we've really enjoyed the fellowship and just the little things we notice and the attention to detail that uh, really the church has focused on, and we appreciate every aspect of it. So thank you very much. All right, how many of you did not get a handout for tonight? Hold your hand up. The guys are staring at me like, let me know. Keep it up high, hold it up, and they'll bring that to you. I try to use these uh, when I'm preaching um, most all the time. In my opinion, I think that they can be a help as you follow along. They say that we forget over 90% of what we hear and if you labor in a message in preparation, um, you want people to ascertain as much as possible. So if you can, you can hear it, but you can also see it, and then you can also write some things down. Hopefully, that will help you get it just a little bit more. Psalm one forty-eight and Luke nineteen. We were having prayer tonight in the uh, in pastor's office and. We were talking about the, the messages that we were going to do and what have you, and I told Pastor Skelly, my, my goal tonight is just to just simply bunt and get on first base the best that I can, chips and salsa, big enchilada. <laughs> and uh, so we'll get right up and down this evening, the message we have titled, Look to God, In praise. Psalm 148. Notice if you would, verse 1, the Bible says, Praise ye the Lord, praise ye the Lord from the heavens, praise him in the heights, praise you him, all his angels, praise ye him, all his host. Praise you him, sun and moon, and praise him all you stars of light. Praise him, you heavens of heavens, and you waters that be above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord. For he commanded, and they were created. He hath also established them forever and ever, and hath made a decree with uh, which shall not pass. Praise the Lord. From the earth he dragons in all deeps, fire and hail and snow and vapor, stormy wind fulfilling his word, mountains and all hills, fruitful trees and all cedars, beasts and all cattle, creeping things and flying fowl kings of the earth and all people, princes and all judges of the earth, both young men, maidens, old men, and children. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for His name alone is excellent. His glory is above the earth and heaven. He also exalted the horn of His people, the praise of all His saints, even the children of Israel, a people near unto him praise ye the lord amen. father bless your word tonight i pray as it goes forth may you use this message and this thought and these scriptures to be a help and an encouragement tonight and we'll thank you for it in jesus name and amen tonight as i mentioned i want to bring a message on praise and and i honestly feel that this is something that is left out many times uh, in our churches and in our individual lives. And yet it's so vitally important. And I would submit to you today, whether it's my own observation of our own local church or where we are and churches I've visited, what have you. And when you look at the condition of the world we see today, the last thing that the world needs is a dead, dry, liturgical, service. Our God is alive. And we can express that many times as people see it in our praise. And our natural tendency sometimes is to morph into our comfort zone. And praise is the first thing that goes out the window. And if we're not careful when we sing, true worship is nowhere to be found. If we're not careful, sometimes it might just be something like, You know, and we can all do it. Listen, I've done it. You know, Jesus paid it all. He paid it all. Amen. Right. Power in the blood. And we just kind of go through the words and we go through the and we go over it and over it and over it many times. And we don't truly worship God the way that we should and the way he's worthy to be praised. Look, if you would, at Luke 19, you're there. Look at verse 37, if you'll just glance at that. Luke 19, verse 37. And when he was come nigh, even now, at the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen, saying, Blessed be the King that cometh in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Notice, notice this here. Some of the Pharisees from among the multitude said unto him, Master, rebuke thy disciples. And he answered and said unto them, I tell you that if these stones, I, I tell you that if these should hold their peace, the stones would immediately cry out. Now the Pharisees objected to the disciples publicly proclaiming Jesus as the promised king of the Old Testament. Jesus doesn't say, uh, you know, my disciples were just mistaken. Uh, They were just overzealous. I'm going to take care of that right away. You know, you're right. They shouldn't have done that. That's not what he did. To the contrary, uh, he says that if his disciples kept their mouths closed, that the stones would cry out if they didn't do it. Now, what about those stones that Jesus is talking about here? And as I studied this message and meditated on certain passages, I began to find a few things about these stones that I thought would kind of add to this and speak volumes to what the Lord was talking about. I want you to look, if you would, at a couple passages. Look at Luke chapter number 3 and Joshua 24, if you'll turn there. Luke chapter 3 and Joshua 24. Luke chapter 3 and notice verse 8. Luke chapter 3 and verse 8. God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. Now now think about that for a minute. That's that is organic matter from inorganic matter. Okay, that's that's what Darwin said that you came from. But Darwin had you coming from rocks by random chance. The only one who can bring life out of dead rocks or dust is God Almighty. And he did that, as we know, in Genesis chapter number one. The law of biogenesis, a provable, demonstrable law of science, science states that you cannot get life from lifelessness. But in Luke 3, if you look at it, in verse number 8, you have the, the possibility, if you will, of, of God giving life to stones and turning them into human beings. Now look over at Joshua 24, Joshua chapter 24, look at verse, look at verse 27. And Joshua said unto all the people, behold, this stone shall be a witness unto you. Notice this, Joshua 24, 27. For it hath been heard all the words of the Lord which he spake unto us. and And it shall be therefore a witness unto you, lest you deny your God. Jump back up to verse 26. Joshua wrote these words in a book, the law of God, and took a great stone, notice this, and set it up there under an oak, That was by the sanctuary of the Lord. He told the children of Israel that the stone had heard everything that God had said to them. And if they turned away from God, the rock, if you look at the verse, would be called to the stand as a witness against them someday. The stone had recorded the words that God had spoken to the children of Israel. Now, did you know that audio tapes and discs and and computer chips, what they're made from? They're made from silicone, that's stone, that's rock, that's sand. In 1993, scientists developed equipment which could pick up sound waves from stone 24 hours after it was recorded. I, I love it every once in a while when science catches up with the Bible. But if, now if man can do that, don't you know that God has a surveillance system that puts anything that the American or Australian government could ever contrive? If a man's going to give an account, we're going to give an account of every idle word that we speak. Matthew 12, 36. And all God has to do simply is to pull up the rocks and the stones and the boulders and retrieve everything recorded on them like you would retrieve data from a computer. God is able to bring of these stones, we see in Genesis 3, he he talked about raising up children unto Abraham. He also is talking about stones and having them talk. And when he does, he has them... Referring to them talking about things that, you, they, that they have heard you say. But in this case, go back to Luke 19. This is what I want to show us tonight by way of introduction. God says the rocks are going to cry out of the things that we do not say. Look at Luke 19 and look at verse 40 again. He says, And I tell you that if these should hold their peace the stones would immediately cry out. In essence, praise Him or I will. Praise Him or I will. This message is about making sure that we do not let the stones do what we should be doing. Every single day. That's praising Him. If the stones could speak, you know what they'd be saying? They'd be saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. They would be saying the things that you and I should be saying about Him. If the stones could speak, they would magnify His name. They would exalt His name. And I'm convinced they would say, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and praise. So I say to the church tonight, praise Him or these will. I want you to look at Psalm 150, if you'll turn there. As you're turning to Psalm 50, think about this just for a minute. People give praise to everything under the sun today. Concerts, ball games, they praise their favorite sports teams. And that's fine. You I love a good game. I love sports. But the one who's truly worthy of our praise is God Almighty. The word praise is full of meaning. It means to shine like a, a light bursting forth. To boast or to be boastful. to glory, to make a fool. There's nothing wrong with the expression with expression when praising the Lord. You think of David in Second Samuel chapter six, David danced before the Lord with all of his might. So tonight, I want us just to take a few minutes and look at this thought, and it's certainly taken from, from your theme for Good Shepherd Baptist Church, look to God in praise. First of all, I want you to notice in your notes, if you would, the call for you to praise. The call. Psalm 150, look at verse number 1. The Bible says, Praise ye the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in the firmament of His power. Praise Him for His mighty acts. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the psaltery and the harp. Praise him with the timbrel and the dance. Praise him with the stringed instruments and organs. Praise him upon the loud cymbals. Praise him upon the high sounding cymbals. Let everything that hath breath. What's the last part? Praise ye the Lord. Say it again. Praise ye the Lord. Notice it's not a suggestion. This is a call to praise. Did you know that that is the number one repeated command in the Bible is to praise the Lord? There's not. It's not even close to anything else. It's the number one command in the Bible. And, and praise is to be expressive. It, it means to hold out the hands. People say, well, I praise on the inside. No, praise really is active. Worship can be quiet, but praise is expressive. And you and I are called to praise the Lord. And if we're not careful, I believe this in our Bible-believing churches, we'll look at the Charismatics and we'll see what they do. And we will have a knee-jerk reaction and become reclusive and, and we won't, you know, and you, know, you come in a church and especially in, in our Bible, even churches, sometimes you, you, you see somebody, uh, you know, they might hold up a hand or hold up and, honey, look, we got a live one on the sixth row, you know, over here. <laughs> hey. uh, last I checked, even dispensationally speaking, it was Paul that said, lift up holy hands. And I think we need to be careful that we don't look at the charismatics and we don't, uh, we don't like the way they do it. So we become reclusive and fail to properly praise the Lord. The Bible says in Psalm 138, I will praise him not with my half heart, but with my whole heart. Folks, he's worthy to be praised. Secondly, notice, if you would, the, the cause for you to praise you have it in your notes, and since I have a lot of verses tonight, it helps to have it right there for you. But Psalm 18, you'll see it right there. Look at verse 2. Uh, the cause, uh, and there's many. You could choose any text here. But the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength, in, in whom I will trust, my buckler, and, and the horn of my salvation, my high tower. I will call upon the Lord, notice, who is worthy to be praised. So what's the, what is the cause or reason for you and I to, to, to praise Him? Well, first of all, you see it in the text, He is worthy. I challenge you to get alone with God and, and take a blank piece of paper and begin to write in, on that paper all of the attributes of God Almighty, and see if you won't just set back for just a little bit and just look to heaven and praise his holy name. It's good for you, it's good for me. Many times even to simply uh, put your nose on the on the earth, on the ground prostrating before your creator and say I'm nothing, you're everything. It's good. Unfortunately, there are too many Christians that have lost sight of the majesty of God. They've lost their shout. They've lost the wonder. They've lost the adoration of who God is. They've forgotten how worthy He is. The cause for you and I to praise should go without saying God has been so good. I, th- I think many times, God's been so good to me, it's embarrassing. Don't you ever feel that way sometimes? Well, we, don't, we don't deserve anything. I said to Pastor Herndon today just what a blessing this meeting is, and, and it has been great, but it, all this in heaven too. Yes. Yes. Yep. All of God's blessings, folks. I'm not just talking about monetary, it's great. Well, this is a blessing. We have so much more than monetary blessings. May we say with David in 1 Chronicles 29 Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory, and the majesty. Thirdly, notice, if you would, the consequences of your praise. The consequences. Notice this. this, I want to say on every one, this is my favorite point. I'm not going to say that, but this is one of my favorite. Uh, Notice verse 23. um, The consequences. Okay, so, so if you sat in my office and you said to me, you know, I really want to praise God. Right? I, I, or I really want to, to worship the Lord and I want to glorify Him. What, what do I need to do? Well, look at Psalm 50, verse 23 in your notes. Whoso offereth praise, notice, glorify, glorifieth me. When you offer praise, you glorify Him. That's the result. Listen, the devil hates it when you praise God. He hates it. Prayer is warfare, but but praise is victory. Whenever we praise, Satan flees. Therefore, Satan hates our praising the most. God's children are foolish if they ever stop praising God, even in the hard times. Remember Paul and Silas, when they were thrown into prison, what they did? Acts 16, 25 at midnight, Paul and Silas they prayed and they sang praises unto God and the prisoners heard them. (laughs) They're sitting there in a jail cell praising his holy name. I think we'd be surprised what praise could do in our lives in the good times and in the bad. But then I want you to notice the conduct in your praise. The conduct. Look at 2 Chronicles 7 in your notes here in verse number 1. Now when Solomon had made an end of praying, the fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices and the glory of the Lord filled the house. And the priest could not enter into the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord had filled the house. Watch this. And when all the children of Israel saw how the fire came down and the glory of the Lord upon the house, they bowed themselves with their faces, here it is, to the ground. Upon the pavement and worshiped and praised the Lord, saying what? For he is good and his mercy endureth forever. God began to move. His praises began to spread like wildfire throughout the congregation. They stood in awe. They responded by bowing before him in wonder of his greatness. They praised and worshipped him by bowing before him humbly. They were merely praising God for who he is. There's a lesson here for us. Notice they humbled themselves. They gave glory that was due unto his name. Our churches ought to be places of praise. I was in Germany a few years back. And I remember as we were out doing some witnessing and talking to folks, and I, I was always drawn to the young people. Uh, I was talking to one gentleman, I think his name was Gunter, and asking him if he goes to church, if he was saved, and things of that nature. And, and the irony of this, Pastor Mansour, is that we're standing there, and there's churches all around me with stained glass, beautiful buildings. And, and he says, yeah, you know, I went... Before, but I don't mean this offensively, but they're just dead. They're dry. I'll tell you what, when a lost person comes into our churches, and if they're dead and they're dry, and we're just kind of, our heads are kind of hanging low, and we're just, you know, we're not praising God, they're not going to want to come back or even get saved because of what they're seeing. But if we are expressive in our praise, What a testimony to those that come in. Our churches ought to be places of praise. Praise and worship is rendering the glory due to his name. It's ascribing worth to the Lord. Thank God we have a God who's worthy of our praise. The last part of verse 3 says, They worshiped the Lord, saying, For he is good. They lifted up their voices. They rendered praise to the Lord for who he was. I want you to notice next the courage with your praise. The courage. Look at Psalm 56 in your notes. Watch this. This is, this is a kind of, t- Pastor Miller preached on fear here last night. But notice verse 3. What time I'm afraid, I will trust in thee. In God I will praise his word. In God I have put my trust. I will not fear what flesh can do unto me the courage with your praise. Think about the public venues and the opportunities that we have all over the place to praise his holy name. It doesn't matter if you're getting a coffee and they just say, and you just, they say, here you go, you say, praise the Lord. Well, like, praise the Lord? What? Well, any little teeny seed, any little thing you say, planting a seed, just a little bit of boldness, when you lift him up, he draws all men unto him. There's so many opportunities that we have. Courage in our praise. We we miss many opportunities to lift him up. God will give you the boldness to be able to do it. I heard about a preacher who was trying to sell his horse. A potential buyer came by the church for a test drive. Before Before you start, the preacher said, this horse only responds to church talk. guy's like, this is weird. He says, go is praise the Lord, and stop is amen. So the man gets on the horse. He says, praise the Lord. Horse begins to trot. The man says, praise the Lord. It begins to gallop, and it's moving. Suddenly, there's a cliff in front of the horse, and the man yells, amen, boom, and it stops right at the cliff. Right at the edge, wipes his brow and says, praise the Lord. (laughs) Don't explain that to her. No, I'm just kidding. On a serious note, this is my favorite point. In God, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust. I will not fear what flesh can do unto me. Folks, we live in a world where no one seems to be ashamed to praise their gods, small g. It doesn't matter how it doesn't matter how vile, it doesn't matter how repulsive, it doesn't matter how repugnant they will shout from the housetop, they will mock that which is holy, they will make fun of your bible and they will laugh at your god. And where are the Christians that will stand up unashamed and say, not on my watch. We sit in church and say, I'm willing and we feel safe amongst Christians. But some Christians, they, don't, they won't even put on their social media that they're a child of God. We need to have courage in our praise. And we see it today, folks. The world is unashamed of their sin and they will, they will publicly not just proclaim it, uh, you, you think over there in Romans chapter 1, um, I won't go into all of it today, but, but they glory in their shame. They glory in it. Let's just glory in God and see what happens. I think, we, I think that we would make a much more of an impact if we understood that. You've heard it said a million times, and it is true, the darker the night, the brighter the light. It's dark out there. You're looking at a preacher that believes the imminent return of Jesus Christ is breathing down our neck. We are serving and living in the last... Well, they've been saying that forever. Well, then it's that much closer. (laughs) The problem is fear. The fear of man brings a snare. We have to have courage in our praise. When you look to God in praise, you'll glorify His name. Others will be drawn to Him. Maybe tonight... You'd be willing to make a decision and say, I'm going to let my light shine and have no fear in my praise. And then lastly, tonight, I want us to notice here the consistency of your praise. Look at Psalm 113 in your notes here. Verse 1. Praise ye the Lord. Praise, O ye servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Bless the name of the Lord. Watch this. From this time forth and forevermore, from the rising of the sun until the going down of the same, the Lord's name is to be praised. According to this psalm, when should we praise God? From the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, the Lord's name is to be praised. I want to say to the church tonight, if we really become focused on this thought of making sure that we're praising God at all times, and we're reminded that it's something we're commanded to do, it'll change us. And it'll change those around us and be a testimony. Somebody said life is not about waiting for the storm to pass. It's about learning to dance in the rain. You understand, God is good all the time. Not just in the good times. He's he's also good when things are hard. Before we got up today, God's name was being exalted in other parts of the world. Over there in, in Vanuatu and in Fiji and in Tonga and, and, and Valvao and all those. Other, God, they were already praising Him before we got up. Spur, Spurgeon said praise is the rehearsal for our eternal song. So let's be consistent in our praise. From the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, the Lord's name is to be praised. How is it with you tonight? Are you praising God like you should? Or, or has that just kind of dissipated a little bit? Is it kind of not there maybe like it should be? If that's the case, you just got to fix it. It's just a matter of saying, Lord, uh, I'm sorry. I I, I don't mean it maliciously. I think I just let it go a little bit. And I would submit to you, and I think about this text in Luke 19 as we close. I think of the disciples. I think of the Pharisees. I, I think of as, as he's coming in and, and, the, and the Pharisees saying to Jesus, and they're looking, you need to stop them. From what they're saying about you, he doesn't rebuke his disciples. He looks at those Pharisees and saying, if they don't, these will. I don't know about you. I never have liked somebody doing something that I should be doing. I want to make sure I'm doing my part. I want to praise him. I want to glorify him. And I know you do as well. But sometimes if we're not careful, we just kind of get in our comfort zones and we morph into our little ruts. And, and that's why sometimes it's, it's important to take inventory and just to sit back and, 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 and ask the Lord, look internally. Ask the Lord to show you areas that maybe you've kind of let go by the wayside. And I'll just submit to the, to the folks here tonight, praise in the church, but praise also in our own personal lives. Praise him, or these will. Father, bless your word tonight, we pray. Thank you so much for the challenge that you've given us in your word. And and the reminder, you love us so much that you have told us exactly what you want us to do. Father, I pray for Good Shepherd Baptist Church, Lord, just by watching them as they sing. And the joy is a testimony to all that come in here. May we do what we can to emulate that in our own lives and even in back in our own respective churches. We'll thank you for it. Pray you'll use this message for your honor and for your glory. Be with Pastor Skelly as he closes us out tonight. We'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name, and amen.